You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 303 of the New Utah Podcast, Denver Area Code. Just so you guys know. Should I play the song? <laughs> play the song. Do you remember the song? I, I remember the song. Now you do. You didn't earlier today. Oh, now I played do. it earlier for us. <laughs> it's a, it's the only song they ever made that was decent. Black dress with the tights underneath. I got the breath of a last cigarette on my teeth. And she's an actress. actress. But she ain't got no need. She's got money from her parents and a okay, trust fund back east. Yeah. It's a good song, but, you know, it's old. I wonder when that came out. Uh, when did 303, when did... What is Why it are you using your phone to Don't do that? Me. Um, You're on a computer. I'm talking to you guys. Um, I don't know, okay. man. You guys are just... You're asking too many questions. Just, I'd say be quiet, but I want you guys to talk. Huh. Well, <laughs> let's see. Uh, when did 303 come out? June I really wanted to see. Uh, That's why I'm using my phone. It's fast. I don't know. I don't think I posed my question properly. So three. So anyway, that's uh, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't have anything to do with the podcast. It's just because it's episode three hundred and three, three hundred and three. And I realized we did zero special for episode three hundred. That's good. Yeah. Well, it was our. It was our um was, it was our one of our adventure weeks. Yeah, it was. So I mean it wasn't like super special, but it wasn't ordinary either. But three hundred episodes pretty good. What are you what are you doing, Julia? Let's see if I can find out if what episode three hundred was. One percent on my phone, our, not my laptop. Oh. It should be our adventure. Yeah, three hundred was when we went to the planetarium. The planetarium. Yeah. So we did something kind yeah, of Yeah, but I mean it's not I mean it's a pretty monumental number, right? Three hundred I mean Jeremy Twenty-five. Next time is... we should get like the number balloons that people do on Instagram for their birthday. We can all take a picture with three hundred. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they do that for the number of followers that they reach, not their birthdays. No, well, we can do no, it for people... their birthdays too. Hannah has They're... birthday eighteen in the kitchen right now. Oh, that's true. I get that, but that's the that my girls only did that when they turned twenty-one. I'd like to see uh, for my birthday this year, Bree. I'd like to see um, all. Uh, eight digits, so M M D D Y Y Y Y, and I want the slashes as well, if you could, and then also how old I'm going to be. You're not even going to be able to fit that in the house. I I want my. How are you going to get that in one picture? She's just flipping me. She's not going to do it. She's just flipping me off. Look, here's the difference between Bree and I. If Bree said that even jokingly, I would fucking do it. You know what we're going to do? We're going to get you a crappy little regular helium balloon, and we're just going to sharpie your birthday in it. You know what you're going to do? You're going to get a bunch of stupid Mexican hats and hide them all over my damn house. Oh, been there, done that. It's going to yeah. say, you say something and we're going to do it just like and your then, shrinky dink penis. Uh, or your shrinky dink dildo. That is true. My penis. said it dildo. as a joke, but I did it. Uh, you know, I got I to gotta commend you, Julia. The, the shrinky dinks that you did of the family are fantastic. They right? Were, they're, hang, they're, they're, ha- they're hanging right there on my corkboard. Yeah. <laughs> They, they are they are one hundred percent spot on and nothing <laughs> right? I could possibly ever do. So, right, uh, I, I like love that. doing the. Now, now, what are you going to do for the? It. You're never going to be able to top it. What are you going to do next time? Nothing. I don't know. Nothing I will mean, be as good. I mean, I really do like the fact. 
I'm sorry, Heather, if you listen to this, because I know it probably drove you nuts, but I like the fact that you made a giant pink dildo to shrink down On in your mother's kitchen. Yeah, that's he not watched like, a Jonathan walk past and everyone walked he's past. He's seen a penis before. And walked past. So has yeah. he. Uh, I don't know These if are people, you're, you're mentioning yeah, people that have seen conservative. So I got to be honest with you, Bree. I'm not sure Tucker has. <laughs> okay. I've met Tucker. He's a nice kid. He's very, very, very conservative. I'm not sure he's actually seen his own wiener. <laughs> so... Anyway, I just think it's I, I love Heather to death, but I know that probably drove her nuts to see that on her kitchen. I got table. I got a little side yeah. eye and she got really quiet and then left. <laughs> but if you told her it was for me, she probably understood. So. Oh no, she knew. I was, sure I was like, I got shrinking paper, I gotta make something for Chris. So uh yeah, so this week uh has been um an interesting week so far. So we didn't talk about this last week, but my mom came to town. Oh, yeah. How did that go? Yeah, it was a long episode last week, so we didn't really talk about it. It was interesting. So she came to town because she was having cataract surgery. Um, My mom is not super old. She had me when she was pretty young. My mom has had a hard life. She's, what did we figure, 14 years or 13 years younger than my mom? Yeah, she looks older, though. And she, she acts older. My, my, I love my, I love my mom, but, uh, she's had a hard life and, uh, she's not doing great. Uh, I don't, I don't say this callously, but I don't think she's got more than 10 years in her. For example, we got the guest room ready for them to sleep in, but they slept on the couch because she couldn't do the stairs. And then she fell. The morning so, yeah, after surgery. She needs a rescue alert. Button. In the morning, she got up, like, just walking. She's really shaky. She says it's some medication she got taken off Some hip of. thing or something that she's... And I'm like, Mom, you should have a cane. Like, if you know you're that unstable, you should be walking with a cane. Because if you're unstable enough that your leg just gives out on a flat surface... Yeah, she was just walking across the family room, and she fell, and she hit that side table by our couch. Oh, ouch. And, yeah... She's okay. She was, she's fine. She got a bloody nose and a little cut, but, and her surgery was fine. Um, but you know, having my mom in town for a day is, is, uh, stressful. (laughs) And And we, uh, we went to dinner with them and we went to dinner with my mom and her husband because he, you know, he's not welcome in my house, but, um, his new name is now, uh, racist Roy. So, Oh (laughs) oh my God, we're sitting in a Mexican restaurant. And he is just next. Well, well, he sits next to two Mexican people. Yeah, his his wife, who is a Mexican, who is a very very Mexican, like parents very, spoke very Spanish, like come from the border of Mexico and Texas, may very well have been born in Mexico or Texas. We're not sure. No, my that... grandma, my grandma was born here, but yeah, my but... grandfather was, and he was born in Texas, but my grandmother may have not been. Anyway, yeah, but the point is incredibly Mexican family. Uh, and yeah, like, like, like my one uncle puts tassels in his truck, you know, sweet. on the windows. Mexican. Jesus That's on the not, dashboard. You know, he's Mexican Probably. just looking at his truck, basically. I just want yeah. to point out, we have, we have Mexican slash Catholic Jesus in our house. Yeah. So not Mormon Jesus, Catholic Jesus. No, not different. Mormon Jesus. It's very different. Anyway. Jesus. Mormon Jesus smiles. <laughs> he has a red background. <laughs> And he's modeled after a real dude. And he's, and he's blonde. And he's blonde. He's like a for some reason. He's like a strawberry blonde or something. Yeah, he's maybe. A, he's an Aryan. Aryan Jesus is what we're going to call Aryan him. Aryan Jesus. <laughs> Instead of Mormon Jesus. 
Did you just Jesus Kyle Hitler? Arian, yes, Space Jesus. Space Jesus is the Aryan Jesus is the Mormon Jesus. No, but yeah, he's like super like openly racist towards Mexicans. He like, which so, his wife is. so we were talking about relatives that were left over in my grandfather, my grandmother's families because they had uh, 10 and 12 uh, brothers and sisters respectively. And um, there's only one brother left in my grandfather's family and he lives in El Paso and he's awesome and I absolutely love him and his wife is the sweetest thing ever. And so I told my mom, you should go visit. And he was like, I'm not going to El Paso. There's all those. And she's like, wait, there were there. They were in Arizona too. And then he's like, well, it's a different kind. And finally she just like shut him up. But this is a different kind of Mexican down in Arizona. <laughs> what it's a conservative Mexican? I mean, Texas is conservative. Like, what? What's your different kind of Mexican? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's atrocious. so he's he's racist, Roy. So I texted her. She texted a thank you again later, and I was like, and I said something about racist Roy, and she, she hasn't she hasn't acknowledged it. She's not going <laughs> to. Uh, also, I want to point out that I officially own Bree now. Um, so we got married down in, in, in Hawaii in, in October, but Brie now officially has my name on her. So well, sort like, of only half. The most important piece is done, which the is the social, social security, security number. Yep. So if she wants to be in and out of this country, she now has to have my permission is what it is <laughs> on her thing. You know how you write like, you're, you know, like you write your name, like on the bottom of your toys or like in your underwear, like. That's basically how I feel like this is because now she has my name. So <laughs> it's like writing my name on her. So I claim her. So there's two, there's two things that happen in marriage. And I just want everyone to understand why marriage is really an institution for men to control women. Uh, because one, you put on a ring first to claim her in front of everyone. So she walks around before you're even the married. engagement ring. Yeah. The engagement ring. You're like, look, there's already a fucking flag. Fight me. Right. Like they have a war, but this woman's taken. Don't don't come hit on her because I'm England and I own half the world. Uh, and then you put another one on her that like locks that one in place. So you can't even take it off because the other one goes in front of it. Right. And oftentimes they're soldered together. Uh, and then also they change their name to have your name. So it really is like all about. I control her. She can't do stuff. Well, to be fair, me. I didn't just take your name. You should write her name on her foot with a marker when she's asleep. Oh, it's already tattooed, and it's my name. It is not. It says Chris on the bottom of her foot in a tattoo. <laughs> I've been working on it for like 10 years, though, so. No, to be fair, I took my mom's maiden name and Chris's name, so. Yeah, I, I guess I, I took my grandfather's name and my So my now she is, uh, she's half Mexican, half uh, American mutt. <laughs> Which because, is exactly what I was before. Because <laughs> that's what I am. So. <laughs> and that's what my, my dad was. Well, I guess he's pretty English, but. Jeremy, you get your bees ordered? Sure did. Should be, the well, as always, it depends on weather, but end of April, first part of March. Yeah, we're so, in the middle of second know. winter right now. Um, did yeah, I say that last week? I don't remember, but. Did you just say the end of April, first part of March? Yeah. May. Bay, bay, I, mean, oh, I, I thought I said March. first part of March, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know. It, it may have just been my, my adult brain. The only reason he probably got them was because Chris told me to remind mom to remind him. Is that true, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, when you and when you did, I texted mom, remind dad to get the bees. Did mom remind you? 
Well, I sent her a message when we were in Texas and asked her if she'd go check on them. And see, so I remembered. But anyway. How many did you order? Just uh, the, three the pounds. Pound, the, 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 yeah, the, the, pound, the, the box. Yep, the standard three-pound box. So one that you come in says nice. no. How much does three pounds of bees cost? Uh, it was 178 this year. Yeah, it's like 150, 200 bucks, right? Yeah, it goes up a little every year, but it's still that's still not. I thought they were going to be more than that, so I'm pleased. I, I'm torn. Okay, so you got to talk me through this because I, you know, I've got the compost bin, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't really put much in it since fall, um, and um, the top hasn't really decomposed, but that's that's normal. But I'm sure there's it's two years worth of soil underneath that now. And I, uh-huh. I've got to figure out a way to like pull it out and turn it properly. Uh, so I would like to use it in my garden bed, but I'm not sure that I've built this compost box well enough to do that. <laughs> so what so, I do is mine's your a little compost different, box. You just lift up. I move it. So what I do is I move it to a different spot and I take the top layer that has not decomposed and put it back in. And then that, that bottom layer, that's the good stuff. I just turn it into whatever garden bed I put it in for that. Yeah, I put mine though all the way over behind my shed. Yeah, so and what so you like, could I do actually have to open it up and get like a wheelbarrow or something, and then take that top layer that's not ready and put it into there. And then when you get to the bottom, stir it up, but then take it, put it into smaller buckets or shovels, and go put it in your garden. So maybe get a second wheelbarrow to wheelbarrow it over the. Which garden. would be nice because our first wheelbarrow, the barrow is broken. Yeah, it's it's old. And so it's you could use that one for the top stuff yeah, that won't fall through, and then get a new barrow. Yeah. For the dirt. Then you just, Can we stop you know, calling it a barrow? That's weird. It's a barrow. So then you're just going to take that out of there, put it back in, and then maybe put a layer of, of dirt and what over it to get it started for the new season. I'll have to do that. But uh, I bet you the bottom, depending on how much you've added or how deep it is, the bottom probably six to eight inches. Uh, it, it, you'll know it's ready because it'll be black as can be, and that's the good stuff. That's what you want. And I've thought about bees. I don't think I have the temperament to deal with bees or chickens. I just don't think you have the time. You are that already too. spread so thin. That too. I'm hoping I can do better with the garden this year. And I did notice, by the way, for this this uh, episode of Farm Talk, um, <laughs> seeds. <laughs> Seeds are starting to show up yeah. uh, already. Well, uh, so uh, the Saint beginning Patrick, of second winter. St. Patrick's Day is coming up in a couple of weeks. St. Patrick's Day. Nope, is, it's next week. Oh, it's this oh, yeah. week. It's the week that this that it this is. comes out. Yeah. So St. Patrick's Day is kind of the rule of thumb for anything underground: uh, potatoes, carrots, peas, any of your underground vegetables like that. So in theory, like the end of this week, we can start planting all that. You stuff. can start planting. Yeah, because even if it's because te- typically. You don't get a deep freeze, which to be honest, we haven't had one all winter, so you're fine. Uh, that underground stuff, it, it takes it a while to, to break through the. That's your onions, anyway. your garlic, all the bulbs. Potatoes. 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 And if you're going to do peas, peas, now's the time to plant them so that they're ready around June ish. What about around- radishes? Because I really enjoyed the. Yeah. I'm not going to fuck up my radishes this year like last year where I just let them grow until they were like, like husks. Because that was yeah. a bad idea. Because I love radishes, and they did really well in the garden. So. How do you get your carrots out? Yeah, because my soil was way too hard when it was time to harvest carrots, and like they were impossible to get. I out. literally had to like I literally spent like an hour to harvest the last few carrots, 
like slowly digging the carrots the out of them. the ground so, so that they wouldn't just break. The best way to do carrots is to take the time and when they sprout, thin them out. And then as they get a little bit bigger, thin them out. So that way there's actually about a, a pinky finger space in between each carrot, So if, if, which most people don't take the time. But if you were to take the time, they'll grow bigger and they typically pull easier. It's when they're in a clump that they'll yeah. to get out. But it is time consuming to thin them like that. Well, and I'll have to remember that. The, the carrots are difficult because they they, uh, they they actually don't grow very quickly. You have to plant a lot of seeds to get them yeah. to sprout. So, and I've carrots are something I've I've grown them. I've just never had the best of luck with carrots for some I've, reason. I've wanted to try parsnips. I've done it a couple of years. My parsnips have never come up, but. You know, Utah, so Utah State University, for those that don't know, is a really big agricultural school. And one of the things that's supposed to grow incredibly well up here is parsnips in our So I've done parsnips and mine did okay, but I I 100% believe it's the soil where you're at. Because I can grow things that you can't, and you can grow things that I can't, and we're planting them at the same time, same weather patterns, but it's really your soil. Okay, I, the potato thing, if I have another weird potato year, I do not understand. I had tons of potato plants with zero potatoes. It was the wildest year this last year with growing. This year, or last year with, with the drought and the, the limited watering and, like, no rain, it, it, messed, it messed up everybody's I think the dirt had COVID. Maybe. Yeah, I might have. It might have contracted COVID because I was really careless around it. One of the worst garden years I've had in a very long time because usually I fill my entire back patio. Yeah. When I harvest this year, I put all of it in two little baskets. So this last year, you almost have to take it and throw it out and forget that it happened and not base going forward off what happened last year because it was crappy. Yeah, spinach I decided is too difficult for me to harvest. It grows nice, but it was hard to harvest. Spinach and lettuce, I've done them many times, but the bugs tend to get them faster than I can get. Before they're ready, the bugs eat them. Yeah, yeah. That's enough farm talk. Farm Um, talk. (laughs) So I want to do our our tarot card um, in the first half of the show because I'm doing it, and um, I've had it pulled since before we started. It's an orange one because that's his... One of his favorite colors. No, I think he likes not. yellow the best, but like you orange. pick orange stuff a lot. I like purple and yellow. We're almost out of purple cards, so I thought I'd save them so I can pick them when Julia makes me pick. Um, but this one is, uh, you look like a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> You're Wait. a hot mess. Fact. Clean yourself up. <laughs> I don't think any go. of us look like a shit show. No, but our listeners do. They look oh. Like this is this is not just for us. This is for them. I'm this sure they'll be glad to hear that you think that. One of our many listeners probably does look like a shit show, and they're like, fuck, they get me. They totally <laughs> get me. They get me. <laughs> I'm going to fucking clean myself up because I do, in fact, look like a hot mess. So Today I'm actually, like, dressed for, like, work. So today especially I don't look like a shit show. I, uh, I wore a Hawaiian shirt today, and it was snowy, and uh, I got a lot of comments about that as a great shirt. I really like your shirt. I wish that uh, that's that's good vibes for the weather. So, wishful thinking. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I do want to mention uh, we'll get to our guests in just a second, but uh, Folk Hogan still has a couple more shows coming. Uh, the cabin on St. Patty's Day, March seventeenth, and then a bar named Sue on State Street, 
So the one out in like 78th and state. Mm-hmm. Kind of by Rio Tinto. Yeah, on the way there uh, on the 19th. Depending on which way you're coming from. Uh, and our friends at the Neighborhood Hive are now open. Uh, they're doing their soft opening all this month. What a soft opening means, by the way, is don't be fucking assholes. They are trying to figure things out, where they're going to put stuff, how they're going to check people out, how much stuff's going to be out there, what the level of interaction between the vendors and the people are, and things will take time. And don't get frustrated. And if you have suggestions, be nice. Um, but they might not um, have all their products out yet. Well, I don't think the kitchen's quite finished, is it? No, I, think I don't think still... it's done. No, yeah. I don't it's even think it's quite started. a while. Yeah, and, that's just an empty like classroom for the oh, moment. And there's there's likely some construction still going on in parts. Like this is what a soft opening is. It helps them get prepared for normal full scale business. So be patient. Um, this is the best thing I can tell you. Like when restaurants do soft openings, and people are like, "Oh, they were so fucking slow." Yeah, of course they're still it's, training it's just all a their trial staff. Opening. And like, yeah, it's a exactly. So they're beta. <laughs> exactly, you yeah. have to understand that. Um, I I also want to say uh, this. I didn't put it in the notes, but uh, I I think it bears mentioning. So when I moved to Utah, the first Asian market that I found was the Southeast Asian market on 9th South and 5th East, right over by Liberty Park. And that market is fantastic. Bree and I have gone there a few times. Um, it's it's a really quaint little you know Asian market owned by some, uh, I think, a, a Chinese couple from Vietnam. Like, they're Chinese heritage, but they came from Vietnam. Um, but it is now closed. Oh, no. Um, they, they're retiring. Uh, and they decided it was time to close the business. I guess they weren't passing it on to anyone. So uh, I think last weekend or the weekend before, they had um, basically a kind of a blowout. Everything has to go sell. And um, they are closing their doors for good after 20, I think, 23 years they've been in business. Oh, that's too bad. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's good for them. They, they retired. They, yeah. they had a good run of it. There are, I will say, a lot more markets out there. And I want to plug two of them. My favorite Asian market in the Valley is the Chinese supermarket on 33rd South and State Street. There's a big giant like shopping plaza. Um, it's next to the strip club if you want to go to Southern Exposure. Um, it's like right next door basically. But this is an awesome place. There are tons of really good restaurants there uh, inside and out. Um, and then there's a giant grocery store inside that specializes in Asian stuff, Asian foods. So a lot of imports. Uh, some stuff has English. Some stuff does not. Um, <laughs> amazing fresh meats uh, and seafood. Um, oh, and their, then their bakery is good, too. They have those eggs that are like, you know, partially. Uh, oh, um, partially birds. Partial bird oh, egg Beluth. things, whatever they're. Okay, yeah, Beluth. They have those uh, uh, at times. But they have a lot of uh, fresh produce as well. Um, especially, you know, more Asian cuisine oriented. So a lot they of have the like fresh noodles that you can buy different and- mushrooms and like, you know, um, different types of, 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 um, like onion sprigs and, uh, cabbages and stuff like that. They even have like a little place where you can buy, you know, bowls and walks and, chopsticks. I got and- my amazing walk from them that I love yeah. to death. So, um, 
So I want to plug them, and I want to plug a new market that I've, uh, I've been introduced to and went to, which is the international market. And it is a Middle Eastern market. It is over on 7200 South and um, like between State and Main Street. So there, you know where the Sportsman's Warehouse is there? Yeah. It's, it's east of that. Uh, you know where Chabar is? The, what is it, a Thai place, Chabar? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. behind it. It's in that big, giant strip mall behind it. Okay. And it's it's uh, it's a whole bunch of Sanskrit that says the international market, and I think in little letters is in English. So it is all Middle Eastern stuff. So if you have, you know, like f- any kind of desire for feta, they have like 50 million types of feta uh, in there and a lot of other, you know, harder to find like Middle Eastern cheeses, especially like some of the softer cheeses. They have every flatbread under the sun that you've ever seen. They have, um, halal offerings, um, you know, um, you know, separated, uh, uh, um, kosher stuff. Um, and, uh, really good like sausages and a fresh deli. And they have like a hot deli that is freaking amazing. The best falafel I've had in the Valley. <laughs> uh, it comes out of there, um, with, you know, pitas and homemade hummus and, um, they have giant sword skewers of marinated meat that they will cook up fresh for you. It is a fantastic market and I highly recommend people go to it. Uh, it is amazing. Um, I really, really enjoy that place. And they have, uh, they have a whole bunch of like, like the Chinese market has the area that's got all the cookware and stuff. Hmm. And this place has a similar section for all the, I don't know what people in the middle East, like, trinkets and stuff i don't know <laughs> i don't know i go for the food because i'm a fat kid i don't go for all that other stuff necessarily but that it's a really really nice it's like a it's like an old rancho market so it's really big and open and has oh. really nice wide aisles and stuff which is so is it like takeout like you run there for lunch kind of a thing yeah yeah they have a little cafe that you can sit in or you can get it to go uh, but you can go in there for lunch it is 100 percent worth it the food is spectacular um so it's not grocery store food. It's really good stuff. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to plug those places locally because I'm actually extra hungry tonight for some reason. Um, so yeah, I think, well, I think I think we should talk about brownies since yeah. we're talking about food. All right, with us this week we have uh, Molly Corman, who is the uh, the founder and the head chef of Brownies, 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 Jeremy's favorite brownie place that he talks about all the time. I love the Brownies, Brownies, Brownies. It's too bad we couldn't make this happen in person because I was really hoping for some samples. But we'll just have to come up to the store. Wow, we'll, we'll have to just meet up sometime. Exactly. I got a bunch of their brownies when they did. You did the little uh, women's business market. That's oh, how I met. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just one of the oh, vendors that's awesome. there. Yeah. Okay. I was like, hey, we should go. We should ask this brownie person. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that Dad <laughs> like knows your brownies and stuff. So that's just a funny coincidence. Well, so through Black <laughs> Black Candy Coffee, we're friends with them. Uh, okay. And they had also suggested, oh, you really got to talk to, really got to talk to Molly, get her on the show. So, yeah, and and your brownies are amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I've never had your brownies, so I couldn't comment on the amazingness of them or not. And right now I'm off sugar, so... Um, oh, no. Bad, bad news bears for me, yeah. For, for Lent, Chris? Yep. Yeah, Actually, Lent, yes. Lent and also, and, and also I'm a fat kid, um, and I need to lose some weight. So it's, it's we'll funny. see you in a few I've been, months. 
<laughs> I don't want to disparage the the profession of a pastry chef because you guys do amazing work and um, it's it's the bane of my existence. But um, I've been I've been doing no sugar for about a week and a half at this point. Has uh, it been that long? <laughs> Yeah, it's been a it's been a week. Because I've half. been doing it too. It doesn't it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, so it would have started officially a week ago, um, but uh, we did it. We started it before hey, that, so it's Mom, been like a week and a half. Your phone's being in here, and uh, I feel great. Oh, I'm feeling a lot better energy wise and everything else. So, uh, unfortunately, no, but I do miss I miss cookies and brownies. Yeah, I thought I'd be myself. Candy. I didn't. <laughs> and uh yeah so uh we're gonna start off with a question for you um we ask every guest this and we, we just want to know what month you were born in what month i was born in november me too so were you a valentine's <laughs> baby well yeah, like very likely <laughs> yeah there you go november what november what 11 11 it's good luck me too. yeah you're, you're- Oh, oh, birthday yeah, twins. Birthday. Yes. You're both Valentine baby. Well, Brie was oh, a test tube, but yeah. Valentine no babies. In, there was, was no, no romance in my conception, but 1111 is still the coolest. It is. Veterans it really is. is. Angel number. It's pretty easy to remember, too. It's a holiday. Can we ask what year or is that too, uh, too personal? She didn't want to get into numbers, Jeremy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you got to find out if they're like the same exact yeah, just age. If you like the no, same. she's way younger than me. Well, Bree, say your year, and she'll say if it's the same. 75. What? It's not uh, 75 nope. for you. Sorry. Okay, no. then there we go. <laughs> Identity protected right there. Hers, We're but practically not Bree. Well, Bree says her age and all those things all the time on the podcast. It's not yeah. a big deal for her. Yeah, she sort of does. She sort of does in a roundabout way. Don't worry. There's there's a stalker f- forming a dossier on you, Bree. It's funny. Uh, I've already had stalkers. Let's not <laughs> let's not joke about that. That's why her uh, social media profiles are all locked down. So. Yep. Uh, okay. So, have you talked to your mom about this? Does she understand <laughs> that you now know you were conceived on Valentine's Day or thereabouts? <laughs> Because I think it's that you have these conversations. <laughs> I, I sort of like I, a preemie. Um, I don't think I was, but I tend to avoid no, these nice. kinds of conversations <laughs> with my parents. So, well, so <laughs> I mean, next next Valentine's you can do conception brownies. Yeah. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> so, dude, I saw this little. I think they were doing donuts or macarons or something they're like in saint george and for valentine's they did same dick forever desserts that you could buy they were so funny wow same dick forever and best dick ever and they all had little penises on them they were so funny that feels like the kind of that feels like a wedding cake topper that you need to put on it feels like a bachelorette party yeah, like same dick for. I wore penises on my head for a bachelorette party once. It was like a combined That's party. That's pretty dang funny. There are pictures of me. In fact, they're on my. I think they're on my Facebook account. And I've got like this like like headband that's got little wieners on it up above my eyes. <laughs> Molly's it a, like, it what was is a fun this? night in Vegas. What can I say? Yeah, this is what you got yourself into. You thought you were going to talk about brownies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I just, you know, when you have your birthday this this year, uh, you know, in November, I just want you to think about this conversation that we've had in your conception. I probably won't you be will. able to get it out of my head. Yeah. Don't worry, you will. You will. You'll have to pick up the phone and ask your mom. 
hey, at least you're not me, where my dad is on the podcast. And then he oh, yeah. started talking about it when they asked me. Like, this is what happened. No, this no. is her and her and. He was like, I can confirm. Birds and the bees. Birds and the bees. <laughs> hey, babies don't come from storks. So, you know. Uh, they come so from test tubes, right? Sometimes. Some of them. Sometimes. <laughs> so were you born here in Utah? Um, no, I grew up outside of Philly, back east. Oh, cool. So how did you how did you end up in Utah? Uh oh. Loser. No, she's can still there. Can you hear me still? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I can hear you. So how how'd you uh, how'd you end up in Utah? Um, well, my siblings all started moving out here and having babies and buying houses and I decided I tried to convince them to move back to Philly and I couldn't. <laughs> so I decided finally to join them. And Utah's been great. Why so it's been a good change. Why did your siblings come out here? Like what drew people in your family to Utah from Philly? I am really not sure. <laughs> I know one of them was out here for school, and he got he ended up marrying a girl who was from here, and or she wasn't from here, but she lived here forever, and so they ended up staying. And then another brother got a job out here and stayed forever, and then my sister and I just kind of followed. <laughs> nice, we like that. Well, that's cool that you're close enough with your siblings that you all just decided to cross the country together, though. Not a lot of families do that. <laughs> I know. it's My family's pretty great. <laughs> so how, how long have you been in Utah? Um, I've been here about five years now. Maybe six, five or six years. Yeah. So how was Very how different was the- from the East. Yeah, as you yeah. Say, so how is the we talk we like to talk to people that are transplants about what that you know, what that difference is in, in terms of culture and how that was like because Philly's a very different place than Salt Lake. Yeah. So what was that what so was I, that transition like? Um, it was a big adjustment. I mean, so I grew up near Philly and then I was living and working in the DC area for about eight years or so before I moved out here. Um, and I mean, DC is very different from anywhere else I've ever lived. And it's, I feel like people are very involved in like world affairs, current affairs. And here I feel like it's a lot more focused on the community, which isn't a bad thing. I kind of love that aspect of Utah. Um, and I mean, the other thing is, it's so green there. I do miss the green, <laughs> but the what, people you don't have been like brown here. Brown. I mean, and there are yellow. a lot of shades of brown. I never knew existed. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of green too. You just have to get up into the mountains in the summer. But yeah, we are. Yeah. We are a desert. If you look at us uh-huh. on a globe that doesn't have, you know, colors other than like the overall landscape, we are very much a desert. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so did you get into baking before you moved to Utah? Is that something you've done your whole life? How did that kind of come about? Well, I always loved baking. Um, my friends and I 
do this kind of Iron Chef competition when I lived in D.C. And we'd pick an ingredient and every month all these friends would get together and bake different things, cook different things with that ingredient. Um, and I went to, I did a part-time pastry school when I was living there um, and actually got to train with the former White House pastry chef. And it was oh, wow. really fun. Yeah, it was cool listening to all of his stories and everything. And um, so I, I did that program. And then he invited me to kind of assist him with his next session. And I just fell in love. I knew I liked it before. But then I was like, actually, maybe this is something I really want to look into for profession. And yeah, when I moved out here, I did... Um, a culinary program with the Park City Culinary Institute. Mm. And I thought, well, I, I love to bake, but maybe I would like cooking too. No, it turns out I love to bake. <laughs> I like to eat good food, but that is not what I find enjoyable. <laughs> so I'll go buy good food and I'll bake good dessert. <laughs> I get there that. I cannot cook to save my life, but I can bake <laughs> so well. Like, my mom on her diet will eat a dozen of my cookies and then oh. tell me they're too good. <laughs> but I burn water if I'm trying to make noodles. So it's oh, no. there's such a huge difference between baking and cooking. So I can totally see why people like one versus the other. Yeah. So why, like, how did you, how did you decide then, you know, obviously you're, you know, you've, you've had some training, you went to the Park City Culinary Institute, um, you know, you had that, that training out in the DC area. What, what drove you to open your own business as opposed to trying to go to work for a place like, I don't know, like Bombara and be a pastry chef for mm -hmm. them? That's a great question. Um, I have always wanted to have my own business and I have had <laughs> several unfortunate um, boss experiences. I've had some great ones over the years, but I was at a point in my last position where I was kind of looking like it was, I was ready for something new and I was looking around and applying at other jobs. And then I thought, you know, I've wanted to try this bakery on my own for so long that it's not really just a passing thing. And I felt like I should give it a try and actually go for it. And so I gave my notice at work and signed a lease on a bakery. And here we are. Wow. <laughs> the most terrifying thing I've ever done. But I imagine. it's been awesome. <laughs> I wish I had those guts. Because I'm working at my own storefront, but I'm like, but got to keep my job as long as I can instead of just like doing it, you know? I feel like that's yeah, the hardest well, that's part. how so many people start too. I just felt like if I wanted this business to really support me and I wanted to help create jobs in my community, then I'm not going to be able to do that if I do it part time. So I decided to go for it. <laughs> So when you, when you found out. your space, was it already set up or did you have to go through the whole remodel process and turn it into a kitchen? So they had um, the dish pit already and a mop sink and a hand sink, but that was about it. Um, I had to build out all the workspace and the, bring in the refrigeration units, the mixers, 
um, storage. There was no storage in the space. So I put in cabinets. Um, I actually found that kitchen, that space because I was looking for used equipment on KSL. <laughs> I found a used oven. And you know how they have at the bottom, see other things from the seller. Like uh-huh. clicked on that. And she was trying to find someone to take over her lease. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I ended up finding the space. I'm like, oh, we'll wow. take the oven, and I guess I'll fake your building too. <laughs> wow, that's fortunate. But, yeah, it worked out really well for me. <laughs> so, so you find a, a a place to to bake, and is is there a storefront there, or is it just a kitchen for you? It, it has a very little storefront. It's a very, very small building with a big parking lot. <laughs> um, but it does have, we have space for people to walk in and see brownies on display and see what we have. Um, it's changed a lot during COVID. Before COVID, we had some seating indoors. Now we've changed things up. We only have outdoor seating. Um, and it's more of uh, just a takeaway kind of place now. And so how did, I mean, how did you decide ultimately that you were going to be able to be, I mean, is that the, the crux of your, your business model where you're, you know, making stuff and selling it right there in the storefront or, you know, what, what decisions did you make in terms of how you're going to make this, this successful as a, as a business overall, besides just jumping in with both feet and finding a place to, to cook? Well, so I make it sound like it was a really spontaneous thing. I, it is far from spontaneous. I did so much research beforehand. Um, I worked with like the research librarians at the public library and the small business center and the women's business center um, to really figure out what my price point would need to be, what kind of income I need to have in order to break even, where would I need to be in order to hire my first, second, third employee. Um, I did a lot of research on the demographics to see what area would support a business like this. Um, so yeah, you were you were saying that uh, before we had uh, technical issues. difficulties. <laughs> you were saying that you did a lot of research in the small business center and the women's business center, and I didn't even know we had such things in Utah. So, can you explain that a little bit? Because that's actually really interesting to me that we have. It sounds like some kind of facility to help people create new businesses, women and, you know, people interested in going into business? Yeah, we have some awesome resources in Utah. Utah is actually really supportive of small businesses. Um, So the SBDC, the Small Business Development Center, um, I think their main location is right downtown in Salt Lake. Um, I walked there on my lunch break before. Um, (laughs) And you can just set up meetings with advisors and talk about anything business related, whether you're um, starting up a business, whether you're just researching, trying to decide if that's something you want to do, if you're trying to grow a business. Um, And the Women's Business Center does a lot of those same things also. Um, Men can go to the Women's Business Center. They do focus (laughs) on women, but they don't discriminate. But they they have a lot of workshops with the Women's Business Center that I've found to be really helpful in the past. Um, Another program that I participated in this last year was through um, the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. 
Um, and they really focus on, they focus on businesses that are already in existence for at least, I think, two years. And then they help you figure out a growth plan and connect you with advisors and mentors and um, work on financial analysis and all kinds of stuff. So let me, let me ask my co-host this. Jeremy, as a small yes. business owner, did you have any idea about all this stuff? No, I did not. Now or even in the past when you tried to start your business? No. Mm -hmm. So, Julia, as another new small business owner and a woman small business owner, did you know about any of this stuff? Only because I went to the small women's business market. market. But other than that, I would not have known had the women's market people not walked up to my booth and handed me a flyer and said, we do free classes. Yeah. I had, no, I had no idea. I've been, you know, I've been, I've run small businesses for years. I have my own business and I've, I've run others. Jeremy's in business. For, I didn't know any of this stuff existed. Yeah. That's, that's These are really amazing cool. resources. How did you find out about them? How did I find out? Uh, I think, I, oh, I was trying to apply for a loan to start my business and in order to apply, I needed to have a business plan. And I, I've i always been a pretty good writer. And so I was writing this on my own. And then I got to the point where I needed data to back up what I was saying. Like, I feel like I, this is true, but I need that data to back things up. So I was just Googling, like, how do I get this information? And the Women's Business Center popped up and then the Small Business Development Center, and they all actually sent me to the public library, which I also had no idea. Their research librarians are amazing. They like connected wow. me with all these databases where you could pull financials from other companies and for comparison, and like they're really cool resources. So you went huh. into this thing as if you had like gone through school specifically to start your own business, but it was really just a bunch of resources that are available to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, Brie was saying that women's business market we hosted, I think that was last spring or summer. Um, we, I love to host things like that because it's really for awareness so that people realize there are these other really cool businesses or organizations in our area, resources that people can access that like the women's business center, that's all free. The small business development center free. Like there are so many, like Utah loves small businesses and it's not just like the regular people trying to buy stuff. So is it like so those 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 different places the women's business center the small business development center you know obviously it sounds like there's a lot of education and, and resources in that regard but are there other things that they do that they have like grant programs and stuff like that to help people because getting a small business loan is not an easy process and right. especially you know in a in a position like yours where you're trying to actually you know, get a lease on a building and get equipment and and mm-hmm. actually start a business from the ground up like. Are there programs that they do that like have grants and things like that that you can get involved with? Um, They do have some grants. Um, The Women's Business Center actually just did a grant giveaway. I think they gave a couple women-owned small businesses a $1,000 grant, so not huge grants. Um, I think they did one grand prize for like $15,000 or something. Oh, that was through – 
the Women's Entrepreneurial Network. Oh, so another right, right. similar so group. Oh, similar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they do a conference every year and um, people from the Women's Business Center are on the board for that. Like there's so much overlap between all these organizations. Um, but they do host a grant giveaway every year. And it's pretty strenuous what you have to do to enter it. Um, I participated last year and got one of the smaller grants, but it helped me get a heat sealer for my business, which has let me kind of pivot so we could do take home, take and bake products during COVID. So like even a small grant can make a big difference for a really small business. The hard part when you're starting out is like me, I've been in business for 15 years for mm-hmm. me, it's relatively easy to get loans, all of that kind of stuff, because I've got a history. But when you're first starting out, it's so hard because nobody wants to loan you money right. on a business that doesn't exist and you, and you have no track record and no proof that it's even going to no business uh-huh. credit. No. Yeah. Well, the Women's Business Center does, has another program. It's called Kiva. And it's uh, they call them microloans. I think that that Salt Lake City has a micro grant or micro loan program too. Um, but the cool thing about Kiva is it's all it's kind of crowdfunding loans, but it's zero percent interest. And as soon as you get the loan, you start paying it back. But like I said, no interest. So it's you you just have that kind of cash flow to help you get things off the ground and start going. That's pretty cool. So I'm I'm curious. Okay, so do you make more than brownies? Because <laughs> it is called brownies, brownies, brownies. But I am wondering, do you make more than just brownies? Everything related to brownies. So we do brownies, we do blondies, we do brookies, which are um, chocolate chip cookies and brownies. We do rice krispie treats with a brownie layer. Um, do, you, do you do the slutty brownies? Do you have you seen those? Uh, yes. I'm trying to think. So we we change our menu. We do d- special flavors every week. So we do. We've done some variation of that at least. But we tried. We tried that once. We saw the. We saw the trend. I don't know if it was from TikTok or whatever. We're, <laughs> we're gonna try that. We put some cookie dough down and some Oreos and some brownie mix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, can you go wrong with Oreos and brownies and cookies? <laughs> I mean, you can because you end up looking like me. So, <laughs> again, back to the why I am. Is that so more. wrong? <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. Look, if I had the willpower to stop at one, it wouldn't be so bad. But I don't. If it's in the house, I will, like, I'll just be like, oh, I'm hungry. It's breakfast time. Yeah. Have half the pan of. Like brownie cookie, other cookie. <laughs> it's not a good idea for me. So, so Molly, I'm curious. How did you come up with the name for your business? <laughs> um, I was I was actually joking around with my family. I was trying to come up with some really cool, clever name for a business, and because like I wanted, knew I wanted to be open really late at night, and so I was coming up with all these play on words. And finally I was talking to my sister. I'm like, maybe I should just call it brownies, brownies, brownies. Just be really <laughs> obvious. And she's like, no, you should. You really should. 
And so I did. And it's really funny to see people come in. We have so many people that stop by. They're like, we saw it three times, three times on that sign. And I had to just make a U turn. <laughs> <laughs> Not That's trying to awesome. trick anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You need more. You need more pictures on your website. <laughs> Why? So you can. I want to live by. Cra- yes, I want to. I eat them. So you should follow I, us on Instagram. <laughs> oh, there! I found like the actual flavor area where you have mm. just regular old plain Jane. So you it looks to me like you do mostly like a fudge style brownie right yeah they're pretty pretty thick and fudgy and you got the plain jane a dough brownie that's probably got cookie dough in it or that's my it. favorite Ooh, so we one. also do um brownie cakes and brownie ice cream oh. and brownie pies for thanksgiving Anything that you could put brownie with, we do. (laughs) Do you ever do any, like, um, do you ever do any bigger brownies um, or cakey type brownies or like, um, so this is kind of like a brownie, but it's not really, it's called a Texas sheet cake. Oh, uh uh-huh. Do you ever do anything like that? I've made that at my house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We we do bigger brownies. Like our, we always have pans of hot brownies that are basically kind of like little seizures grab and go pizza. We have grab and go brownies that are just hot and ready, and you can add like name them like the Robert Brownie Junior. We will now. No, don't do that. Don't listen to Jeremy. I'm pretty sure Jeremy just came up with the uh, show title. Robert Brownie Jr. (laughs) Is that racist, though? I'm not sure if that qualifies. No. (laughs) I don't think you can call people brownies, Jeremy. Is all I'm saying. I don't think it's racist to call someone a brownie. If it's a brownie company... The churro brownie. How do you, I mean, how do you come up with, I mean, some of the brown, some brownie flavors look like a mint brownie or a brownie with raspberry doesn't seem like out of this, out of the realm of normality when it comes to brownies. Mm -hmm. How do you come up with some of the creations that you guys, you guys do come up with? Yeah. So like you said, some of the flavors are just kind of your classic flavor combinations for dessert, but I like to look at, um, other desserts and see, well, people love orange cream sickles or creamies in the summer. How could I translate that into a brownie or a blondie? Um, or like around Thanksgiving, I think it was two years ago, we started doing our brownie pies. So we do full, full on brownie pies, but also we do smaller single serve brownies in the pie flavors around that time. And so it's like, well, how could I make an apple pie really good with a brownie or pecan pie or peanut butter cream pie. And so I do a lot of thinking about other desserts. (laughs) I like to do my research. I go to every bakery and eat their desserts. (laughs) Well, you got to do research. It's important. It is. (laughs) I'm curious. So I guess I don't know what a brownie pie is you're gonna have to come by in november (laughs) (laughs) so basically instead of a traditional pie crust you're getting 
a thick brownie so like an inch thick brownie and that's your pie shell and then we pile all the toppings on top of that so like our our apple pie our version is a thick blondie pie crust and then we put chopped apples with the pie filling and um, oatmeal crumble on top with a brown sugar glaze and so it's basically replacing the crust with something more delicious do you guys sell that with the side of insulin that i'll need (laughs) (laughs) no maybe you can get that down the street (laughs) so do you do like a pumpkin pie one yeah we do that sounds good I saw it on the website. So I yeah, we do a pumpkin pie ganache. That it's is really a good. Basic pumpkin pie bitch. I like that. <laughs> pumpkin spice blondie. That's right up Jeremy's alley. There's a, a, I think it's Black Rifle Coffee. Does this pumpkin spice flavor, but they call it basic batch coffee. <laughs> right up your Was it from alley. them? I don't know. We got it for you at one point from a. The two, I, store. the two that I see most interesting, to be honest with you, are the Butterbeer Blondie, because I really like butterscotch, mm. and the S'more Blondie, because it looks like you toast marshmallow on top of it. We do. That one's really fun to make, because you get to use a blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't yep. use those tiny little kitchen toys. Use a full-blown butane blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> How many times have you set things on fire, like hardcore? I don't think I can say in case the fire department's listening. How many <laughs> times have you had company. to scrape the top off and put a new one on because you lit it on fire too much? Um, That's why you torch them with another lid in hand so you can, like, blow the fire out before it gets too big. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real thing. Uh, torching stuff is actually a lot harder than it. It's, yeah, you know, it's really fun, but it is dangerous. So you <laughs> know who could wedding cakes as well? Uh-huh, we sure do. How often do you do those? Is that something that's pretty big? Is that something that's kind of new? Or do you get a pretty big uh, order for those? Um, we So we literally started doing wedding cakes the week before everything shut down in COVID. Yeah. But the cakes are brownie. Right? Yes, they're they're shaped like cakes. They look like cake, but they're That's all brownie. brownie. It, um, I'm we, say it legit looks like brownies. In it, oh, it definitely is. <laughs> um, so we we things have been picking up over the last several months. So we actually have several wedding cake orders for this spring and summer. Um, but we also right. do six inch mini cakes, and those are really popular. The the churro blondie like three tier cake that's on your website. Sounds good. How heavy is that thing? Because it looks like it probably weighs 50 pounds at least. Um, it probably does. They are so heavy. I made a two they're, tier. They're fudge brownies. Like it's like like one layer looks like it's five layers of fudge brownie. Yeah, they they are. They're pretty um, heavy <laughs> cakes. I think a two tier raspberry cake was brownie cake was like 25, 30 pounds. They're massive that's awesome. so tasty and see i would eat that i would be like this is fine <laughs> that's your weekend one. treat i will have brownie cake every time i walk in the kitchen it'll be like, gone in a we're week. gonna have one cake just one <laughs> for the week so that's i don't have the control like it's it's uh i was telling brie the other day like you know we have a we have a snack bar at my work and there are some healthy things there are some fruits 
and, and I always try to grab those uh, first. And we have nuts, and sometimes we have some chips and stuff. But there's always a ton of sweet stuff. And it is a literal battle in my brain that, like, no, you cannot have the package of cookies. You cannot have <laughs> the shitty Hostess donuts. You should get a banana instead. And so, like, I just don't even walk past it because I have to have that conversation with my brain <laughs> when I walk past it. And it's not something I, I like doing. So <laughs> that's why this you kind- get the small cake. <laughs> No, that's why you get one brownie from the brownie bakery. <laughs> Fine, we'll let you get one, but we I will say I do always wonder about those people that just get one. Like how how do you like, eat just one? Like a Franken brownie? So it's like one oh. of every brownie, but you make like little cubes and then you put it into the size of one brownie, like all put together in a little box. <laughs> so we went and did that at we were in Texas just the other day and we went to Bucky's and they had all their flavors of fudge in one little box and you could have a bite size of each one. Oh. Frankie but that's brownie. no good because half their fudge is gross. <laughs> well, we shared it among a bunch of people and we all like different flavors, so it was good. I think it was all ended ended up all being eaten. So there you go. There you go. So you also do catering as well, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. What do you cater? Anything and everything, or are you kind of more specific with what you will cater? You mean like the kind of events and things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, We'll cater just about any kind of event. I mean, we we do custom flavors. Um, So if somebody has a wedding coming up and they wanted some flavor that was really important to them and they're in there, we can do that. We do special colors for baby showers and things. Um, I mean, of course, we have like minimum quantities. We have to be able to. Yeah. Minimum quantities. So. It's got to be worth your time. What if my um, budget? Yeah. Is, what if my budget's a hundred dollars deposit and five hundred <laughs> people? We could probably work something out. Yep. <laughs> what if it was a hundred dollars deposit and fifty people, but they were going to pay for themselves? <laughs> How many do they want? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I work with a lot of catering folks and some of the oh, okay. people I work with. So the people are just. They don't understand it. They're like, <laughs> yeah. I want a food truck to come and cater this event for me. There's going to be um 150 people. They're going to pay for themselves, but I can't give you a deposit. And the food truck's like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I can I can do that elsewhere and be more reliable on my income. So <laughs> Yeah, we, we cater a lot of corporate events. Um, and then in the spring and summer, we do a lot of kind of backyard wedding kind of things. But primarily corporate during most of the year. That's a good idea, actually. So, because we order, um, like, how how far in advance do you need? So, one of the things that happens at my work is they order crumble a lot for people because they're stupid and crumble sucks. I'm sorry, I don't have a problem. You don't have to bad mouth them. That's why you get someone for like their birthday. You get them an crumble assortment, is, and you eat crumble them is horseshit. Crumble no, is you not give. Good. If you're sending just a cookie. And this what? is nothing – like, if you're going to send a brownie, you go to brownies. But if you're just going to send a cookie, it's got to be Ruby Snap. Yeah. It, <laughs> Sorry. Crumble. But my point is, like, so we'll order – it's not uncommon for us five or six times a year. They order a bunch of cookies from Crumble for the whole office. Mm-hmm. But, like, how, how far in advance do you need something like that if there's, like, an office and – let's say we're going to order 50 cookies for the people that are in the office building that day, you know – or 50 brownies in your case, like how mm-hmm. far ahead do you usually need something like oh, that? For, for an order of that size, like 
a day or two. Um, yeah, a day would be great. (laughs) I mean, anything over, I would say like eight dozen or more. So around a hundred brownies, a couple days would be helpful for really large catering orders. We usually say we like two weeks. Um, it depends a little bit on if you need us to deliver or if you're going to pick it up. We have a lot more flexibility if people are going to pick up the order themselves because I also am the delivery driver (laughs) or I beg my mom to help me. (laughs) What's the largest order you guys have filled oh the largest order we did i think let me think we did they were all individually packaged and it was about 600 brownies 600 (laughs) packaged no it was for a corporate event they lisa I hope, it I was, hope you, oh my I goodness. Hope you did not undersell yourself for all that manual. I, uh, I think that there's a limit I learned. <laughs> at some <laughs> point, now, you right? get a discount for individual, for like bulk ordering, but at some point, that price needs to go back up. <laughs> like, man, I was there to like one in the morning packing these things, and my employees stayed to help, but like, I'm not going to ask them to stay more than an eight hour shift. So I'm there packing these little brownies. I, I hope they love them. <laughs> they were so happy when we dropped them off, but <laughs> normally do you, is it more like a, uh, a cookie pan or, I mean, obviously you wouldn't normally individually wrap every single one. How, how do they normally come? Let's um, say we, a corporate event and they want say 300. Uh huh. So normally we would just pack them in our plain white catering boxes. Um, so they would all be cut individually, but not packaged separately. And the nice thing about that is that lets people, it like it saves a ton of time with um, setup and cleanup and um, they don't have to have whatever catering company they're using actually cut pans. They do look you, how we make them. Um, do you cut when you do that? Do you cut all the edges off? So that no one has to be able to, so everyone that's has to get I'm the same brownie. For. Well, I know, but that's the whole point. Like, do you cut the I edges off so the that aren't bites and then keep yep. the edges for yourself? Or I mean, I love special... edges. Yes, that's just anyone that doesn't love is. edges is Corner is a communist. brownie all the way. I hear you. <laughs> communist. My, that's what you came up with. My dot. My daughter. Uh, my oldest daughter. Does not like the corner piece. I don't know. She might like the edges now, but when she was, when younger, she was younger, we would make a pan of brownies. She would cut out the center brownie <laughs> because she didn't like the edges. That's like if cutting it, a rectangle out of the middle of a pie. You just don't. Well, I mean, edges. to be fair, we made our brownies in like a square brown. So it's, you know, nine brownies. So she'd just take that middle one. <laughs> if you cut off all the edges, that would make good cake pops, wouldn't it? No, yeah. it would make no, delicious brownies. You <laughs> just eat them. You just you sell them as brownie fries. Or like they're just the edges. It's the little, like this. The little tiny cubes that you put in your cookies or whatever, something uh-huh. like that. Well, Maybe so, that's what they put in their ice cream. Yeah, we we used to cut the corners off and sell them separately as brownie butts, the little butt ends. Yeah, um, those are the butt but- buy that. <laughs> We have a lot of people come ask for them. Um, now, because 
So we use a pan that has really nice sharp square edges and our oven bakes things really evenly. So the edges aren't nearly as hard and crunchy as something you would get at home. Cause we're able to bake it all the way call, through. I don't understand but, how you call yourself a brownie shop. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you can just, still ask for a corner. We'll give it to you. <laughs> man, I love those Noted. crispy edges. Okay, what about, well, I mean, I just I don't see it on your site, but what about brownie brittle? Have you ever done that? Um, I haven't figured out the right recipe yet. Last time I tried it, I was not very happy with how it turned out. I have, I have, I have, I don't know that I've ever had it from a like a small purveyor. You know, I've had it. You know, in the brownie brittle. I don't know who makes the brand, but there's like bags of it. Oh yeah, it I've seen it. The most amazing stuff. It is so good. It is. The crispy parts of a brownie. It's basically just a thin layer of the best part of the brownie. <laughs> and it's, and it, it feels better to eat as a fat kid because it's not the whole brownie. Okay. So it's, it's lower calorie for each snap than lower calorie. calorie. It's like eating a chip and a brownie at the same time. Yes. <laughs> you, you gotta work harder for the it. Chocolate and the deliciousness and the sweetness and the, oh man. <laughs> I'm just well, trying I'll to give have you to try it again so. for you. <laughs> I will. So what's your what's your personal favorite thing to make? Like if you had to pick one of your brownies, what's your favorite? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's a not a brownie. Maybe it's a different pastry oh, that you couldn't yeah. figure out how to commercialize. Oh, I I love brownies. I really do. Uh, when I was little, I didn't like chocolate. I grew out of that quite well. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my favorite brownie, well. Depends on the day, I guess, but usually my favorite brownie is um, our dough brownie and the churro blondie. Oh, those are so good. And oh, if you do the dough brownie with caramel sauce and ice cream, that one is so good. <laughs> so the dough, the dough brownie, is it a brownie that has cookie dough mixed in or is it a brownie with just dough on top? So our brookies have the um, brownie and cookie dough mixed in and baked together. And the dough brownie is a thick fudge brownie with a big scoop of chocolate chip cookie dough on top. <laughs> okay. And I'm not sad about it. Sorry, that would yeah. not be my favorite brownie. I actually dislike <laughs> raw cookie dough. I don't think it's well, good. We have several other flavors for you to try like, instead. That is the one dessert. So you know the cookie dough like plate, like the shops, like the trucks and the shops that are like always service cookie dough, like uh-huh. raw cookie dough for you to eat in a bowl. That's the thing that Chris can resist. I'm like, <laughs> I don't even want to step foot. There's nothing in that place that appeals to me. Like, get an oven. Just get an oven, all right? <laughs> like, cook that thing, and I will be eating all of them all day. But in the raw form, it's just not – like, I think it's the texture, the, like, grainy, sugary mm. texture. I know that's why everyone likes it. But that's actually why I dislike it. So we, just cook it. We use a lot of butter in it, so it's not nearly as grainy as most people's cookie dough. <laughs> but it's super buttery. But we do have brookies. The brookies are for you then. <laughs> I do like a brookie. I like a, a good brookie. Who came up with that first? Was it Pizza Hut? I have no idea. I don't, I don't know who really came up with it first, but man, I think once uh, the pizza places figured out how to do a dessert, they really got winners on their hands. Because uh-huh. <laughs> they for the first attempt was like, let's just make breadsticks and put cinnamon and sugar on them. And Which people I were, like. People were I like, yeah, that's cinnamon. great. It's that's, my favorite. You need a cinnamon like brownie. The, is there a like cinnamon the icing brownie? dip? The churro blondie. 
Yeah, the churro blondie is cinnamon. Have you done yeah, a brownie? Yeah, but it's not chocolate. No, have you done that's a, true. Have you done a chocolate brownie that has chili in it? <laughs> like a chi- not like meat chili, like um, chili powder, I, like the hot chili. I'm trying to think if we actually sold it or if I was just testing that flavor. So I know we've tested it. I can't remember like, if we did it or not. Because like shop. buzzed when Trina was doing buzzed, may they rest in peace. Uh, someone Aww. else owns buzzed. I'm sure the coffee's <laughs> f- fine, but Trina doesn't own it anymore. But uh, they do a Mexican hot chocolate, or at least they did. I don't know what their menu is now. Uh-huh. And it was it was the the, the Mexican style chocolate, and it had uh, like ancho chili powder in mm-hmm. it um, to give it that little bit of heat and some kind. Oh, oh, yeah, we do a Mexican hot cocoa brownie. Um, we did that in January this year, and it had that chili powder and um, white pepper, cayenne pepper, whatever. Give it a little kick. Yeah. But, do you put do you put like a whipped cream on it? Because that would be perfect for a hot cocoa. Oh brownie. no, but we do like put marshmallow kind of, on it. That's good enough. That works. <laughs> so, how often do you rotate your flavors? Is it like a monthly thing? Do you have your standard four or five that you've always got, and then seasonal? How do you kind of? Yeah. So we've got. I think six everyday flavors. And then we have one flavor that changes every month um, and then a special every week. So we've, we, we used to do more than we did, used to do two or three specials every week, but people kept telling us they couldn't make it that week. And please, can we have it again? So we're having to rotate the same flavors back in. So now we've found that keeping one of our more popular specials for the whole month has been a really good fit for our customers. So we have a lot of specials all the time. Awesome. So one more question to ask you, and then we'll let you tell people how they can find your brownies. Uh, what is you lived in Utah for like five years now? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the most uh, interesting or unique thing that you've discovered about Utah since you've been here? Oh, most interesting thing. Um, it's hard because the last half <laughs> we feel <laughs> like we were all locked up. Um. Yeah. I think probably the most interesting thing has really been the small business community. I really love getting to know other small business owners and networking with them, figuring out how we can collaborate and do things. Um, the Sugar House neighborhood that I'm in is like so full of these really almost micro businesses. And it's been really fun getting to know the owners and getting to know their products and services and um, just collaborating on different things. Like the Hive and Oleo and all of those awesome, yeah, yeah. awesome people. Yeah, it is. We have, we have noticed that, that the, the small business scene here in Utah is amazing. And most of them support each other, help each other, are there for each other. You don't see a lot of fighting. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure it exists. I was going to say, I've never had any, like, even like with the same types of businesses as mine, like, like people yeah. don't want to try to upsell each other or overshadow each other. So like, yeah. like businesses will be like, Oh, you're a soap thing. I have like one soap item. Since you're here, I'll put my one soap item away and just sell all my other stuff so that I'm not taking away from the only thing you do. If I do have a, a diversity of things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I think a lot of businesses here think that there is a lot of, there's plenty of room, right? Mm-hmm. As a small business, it's not you're not competing for market share with 
Budweiser, right? Yeah. You're, all, you're all together competing with market. With I will Budweiser say I'm sick share. of all the Scentsy and Mary Kay and Color Street and all those things thinking that they're like small business farmers market. Oh my gosh. The MLMs are so annoying. They're so well, annoying. So welcome to Utah, Julia. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. It's just, it's just frustrating. It's like what the actual like small business people who are trying to open a brick and mortar, like have the spots in the markets, you know, when they're limited spaces. We just got done talking about small business community love and you just <laughs> crapped all over it. <laughs> they, they're trying to run a business too. It's just a different business model. I know. Keep it's a little mind. different. Yeah. Just cause they don't hand paint skulls. And, and like go find rocks out in the desert to tumble doesn't mean they're not trying they're just it's doing true. it a different way it's true no i did that for a little bit too i did mary Kay for half a second so how do uh how do people find you and get brownies and order brownies and eat brownies with you and have brownies <laughs> all mode i don't know all the, all the things you should make like a super brownie like a brownie challenge brownie just oh. take all your brownies of like sheet the whole seven okay, stack that you have if and like put the it whole together. Sheet, they get it for free. I want them to still like us. We come back again. <laughs> that would be a good, good like eat you competition. Get a like your picture on the wall. If you yeah. can eat, a, if you if turn you the brownies, it, you just have extra brownies to take home. <laughs> if you can eat all seven brownies in a city. How much does a sheet pan weigh? How much is that brownie? It's probably about. 12 pounds. Oh yeah, my do gosh. That. And, and do you cook them like a sheet pan at a time? Is that usually how you do it as a full sheet pan? Sorry, say that again. Are, are you usually cooking brownies at a full sheet pan size? Yeah. Well, so we actually do a half sheet pan. So it's really thick, um, half sheet pan. So half sheet pan is about 12 pounds. Yeah, do that. Um, one flavor <laughs> ice cream, you just lightly ice it. If they eat the, 12, the whole 12 pounds, they get a t-shirt and their picture <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> If they can awesome. eat it and not throw up. Hashtag for it and everything. <laughs> eat it and not puke. That's, that's yeah, I don't want to see that later. With it. <laughs> yeah. I'd do it. I think I could do it. Chris, I thought you're not eating sugar. Well, mm. hey, then you're only eating one brownie. Exactly. That's right. So it's true. And you can stop at one. Counts as one serving. <laughs> Just one little brownie. It's fine. Brownie. As long as you have an ambulance on standby. Right? <laughs> For your sugar coma. <laughs> so how, how do people get a hold of you? And, um, and so our, yeah, our storefront is located in Sugar House on 11th East. It's just past the post office there. Um, or you can order online for pickup or delivery. We do deliver now um, from our website. It's browniestimes3.com. Brownies X3. Yep. Brownies, brownies, brownies. Yeah, but it's just Brownies X3 for the website. Correct. To record your commercial. <laughs> brownies, brownies, brownies. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Where it's people just saying brownies, brownies, brownies in funny voices and that just collage into a reel. Brownie Rama. <laughs> Robert Brownie Jr. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, so you need to now make a mascot. I've seen your website. You don't have one. Robert you now Brownie need Jr. to make a mascot that is a brownie person, but it's like Robert his Downey name Jr. Is Robert, yeah. Robert, Robert, Brownie Robert Brownie Jr. Brownie Jr. <laughs> oh, have, like, I'll take that under consideration. Like the aviator sunglasses. Like I, you, I see that you have pineapples with sunglasses on them, so you're already headed there. <laughs> Uh, in your summer bash ticket thing. Yes. But, oh my uh, gosh. 
look up Robert Browney Jr. Someone made like an Etsy like portrait, like a painted portrait of it you could buy. It's a print. Is it an NFT that she can uh, hook up with there and, and just pay this for is, that? This was made right? six years ago. This is before NFTs were a thing. So many treasures online. Well, there's one where his beard is a brownie. It's so I, I'm with Chris. It needs to be a brownie person. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so using one of these. With I'm brownie using one of these hair and Brownie clothes. I didn't know this was Can a thing. Can we call There's it the episode now? Robert Brownie Jr. Oh yeah, yeah that's it 100% was. Ever since your dad said it. Yeah, don't worry, that's that's definitely the name. Good. I'm totally stealing this image for the post too. Did you find the Etsy print one? No, it's a freaking brownie that's got like Robert Downey Jr.'s face in it. <laughs> the one that's so like, lovely. And he's smoking. Yeah, it's it's awesome. <laughs> There's a very cartoony one too, but it's not as good. So it's this is happening. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, uh, this was us fun. Show title. <laughs> well, thanks again to uh, Molly uh, Corman, the owner of Brownies, 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 Brownies Triple X. Get yourself Triple a brownie, brownie cake. Brownies X three. Yeah, Brownies X three. It's not Brownies times three. I know that's what it, she's saying, but Brownies X three is the website. Um, the brownies look good. I'm a fat kid and can't eat them right now. I will at some point. Um, like after we went off sugar, Brie goes, Oh, but now we can't get Ruby snap cookies. Ruby snaps cookies this month. It's, it's like a key lime pie cookie. Like it's the cookie is like, has lime flavory stuff. And then there's like a lime stuff on top, lime zest and, yeah, I love lime. I've I've never had one of their cookies that wasn't amazing. They've yeah. all been. Yeah. yeah. Of course, I have my my favorites, and that's saying a lot because I'm not a huge sweets person, but I really like their cookies. They're just so good. Their flavor profiles are just absolutely spectacular. So, uh, I think that's it though for the show tonight. Um, uh, this week it's uh, at TNU Podcast and all the social media. Um, that's what, uh, where you can find us and talk to us and communicate with us. Uh, if you want to, to be on the show, um, reach out to us there or you can email us, uh, the new Utah podcast at gmail.com. Isn't that what it is? Or is it just the new Utah? I can't remember. The website is the new Utah.com. Uh, you it's can find the new Utah podcast. At gmail. I have my, I have yep. it open right now. Yep. Uh, and then the new Utah.com is the website. Uh, you can go there and all our contact info is on the website as well, along with blog articles, pictures, links to the stuff that we talk about, um, you know, you know, people's, you know, places and interesting things that they've found. We have all kinds of stuff there um, for you to check out. Um, and of course, you can find all our episodes there, but you're probably hopefully subscribed already on whatever platform you hear this on. Uh, share our stuff. That's what helps us more than anything. Uh, and support local businesses. Um, you know, we don't. I don't know that we say that enough on this show. We, we certainly talk about a lot of local businesses and talk to them. You know, we, we just had that conversation with, with Molly. Um, and we had the realtors on last week. Um, but, you know, when you're thinking about something like going to get brownies or you want to have a special treat, like think about businesses like Ruby Snap, like Brownies, Brownies, Brownies. Unfortunately, like Crumble, because they are also a local Utah business born out of, you know, Utah State University. Um, their cookies just aren't good. I'm sorry, guys. I just come on the show. 
would love to have you. I'd love to talk to you. I'll tell you to your face that I don't think your cookies are as good. Um, <laughs> Prove us wrong. <laughs> it's a different business model, though. Uh, very clearly, they have managed to replicate their cookie recipes extremely well on a large scale, uh, which is in itself a very difficult feat to do. Right. So Ruby Snap tried to do multiple locations. Remember, we talked to, talked yeah, to her. They're in Harmon's. That's Tammy, right? Tammy's her name? Yeah, um, Tammy. And we, we talked to her about that, and she had the Harmon's locations, and it just wasn't it wasn't working for her. And it's really hard. St. George is the one that kind of pushed it over the limit because going it's back hard and to forth, replicate. she couldn't get the quality. And she's like, if it doesn't have the quality, I, I'm not, I won't stand behind it. And so, and, and that is a very difficult thing to do. So in the defense of Crumble, they've done that very well, but, the point is support local businesses, go to places like the neighborhood hive, you know, go visit clever octopus is, is one we've talked to go. Um, you know, when you're thinking about something to drink, go to local distillers, uh, liquor in the liquor store, you know, buy local brewers, beers, uh, and, um, you know, hard ciders from local cider manufacturers. Those are the things that help your community the most. Um, I can't stress that enough. Nobody wants Russian vodka right now. Good thing we have plenty of local vodka that's amazing. Good local vodka. Vodka is an easy spirit to, spirit to distill. So, And you can even, local to me, if you really want, you can buy Chopin, which is produced in Idaho, I believe, and is freaking amazing potato vodka. Um, but that's my own personal preference. So, um, yeah, just shop local. That's really what uh, what I'm encouraging. So. Have a uh, have a super week. Um, please have a safe St. Patrick's Day if uh, you choose to go out and drink stupid green beer for some <laughs> fucking reason. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, if you catch a leprechaun, let me know. I want their gold. <laughs> <laughs>